Internet, what a sad type of idiot. My name is Matthew Kroll. And do you know why I smile? Do you? Yeah? Oh, I have to answer for the quote? Yeah, yeah, you gotta answer. Why? (laughs) Why? Because I'm worth it. It would be really funny if I did a Joker-style quote on that. I think it's because it's worth it. Because it's worth it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, because I'm worth it is like the Maybelline uh, commercial, right? Wow, okay. <laughs> We're keeping We're all keeping of that. We're keeping this. Let's keep this. Let's keep this. And this is the only podcast about <laughs> movies, specifically the film Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Oh, what a lovely rhyme that is. Uh, and this wow. was a delight. This was uh, this is something I've been looking forward to doing all year. Uh, I was hoping to watch this with my son and he actually he jumped in and watched like 15 minutes of it before bedtime uh because we had a really busy day and he loved the 15 minutes he he saw so if you don't want to this screams his taste (laughs) like well it actually doesn't because he's really into like fighting he's like as much as we have tried not to like um uh you know like push him towards things that are like boy focused you know like whatever that might be he's really gravitated towards it anyway so he's really into transformers fighting bakugan pokemon all that sort of stuff i've never met uh, a child more interested in kicking than your son (laughs) did he try Uh, to kick you he didn't know he never tries to kick me but when i've been spider-man for his birthday or whenever he i come over and he's just running around he's just fucking swinging legs man (laughs) he's just like all over it like punches not so much more arm flails at least that's what i remember and then just like straight kicks like kicks all the time (laughs) one thing they Um, don't tell you about being a dad is how much you're gonna have to put up with being kicked in the nuts like really wow. hard and not being able to retaliate or do or appear visibly angry as you've been. Wait, why can't you appear visibly angry? Because part of being a dad is like demonstrating um, uh, the mo- the modeling the behavior you want your child to have, and your child doesn't Ish. understand. Doesn't understand. Yeah. So like, if you punch a wall after being kicked in the nuts, which is my normal reaction. Uh, that is a model behavior that they oh, will then adopt. I see. I'm sorry, yeah. but you do tell them to not hit you in the nuts, right? Of course, you tell them not to hit you in the nuts, but you just can't like do the things that you, as a grown up, would do when right, you're in you extreme could, agony. Sure, you could, but you could be <laughs> like visibly shouting, upset, like shouting obscenities into the air. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but you can be like, "Hey, don't do that. That really freaking hurt." Like you can, you can show you're 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 in pain. Yeah, you can show you're in pain. It's just, uh, you know, again, model behavior because... Uh... Again, I know nothing about children <laughs> other than yours likes to kick a lot. Oh, but also, I will say uh, the reason I thought that he might like this movie is because while while his energy level yeah. is way, way, goes way harder to like 11 times 9 uh, than this film's energy level does, I feel like... The mentality of Marcel is very like, 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 since it's so all over the place, even though it's calm, it's like you'll be talking about one thing. It's like, hey, have you ever had a raspberry? Uh, you want to see my lint dog? You want to do the other? like, it's all that stuff. I feel like it sort of would vibe with with his. I, I like, told him, uh, I told him, because I think in, in one of the films, in one of the short films, uh, uh, Marcel has this thing uh, which he says that uh, did you know that shrimps are the idiots of the ocean and he loved that he, he was he was because he's doing a project about whales right now uh, and so he's associating shrimp with krill and he's like yeah those are the idiots of the ocean <laughs> yeah I mean that checks out yeah. actually earlier today we have a lot of kids stuff going on but yeah. it all makes sense I actually recorded uh, with the, the very the very program we use to uh, record 
this podcast, uh, dear listener, I actually recorded the fourth and final um, pitch video from Channel 1 to Channel 2 for extra credits mm -hmm. with my co-host for this video, uh, 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 a five-year-old girl named Martin, who is Allie and Jordan, our artists on extra credits, daughter. Okay. And she, uh, she taught me, yeah, she taught me how to play Minecraft, and she gave oh, me a Jesus. tour of her Minecraft village because oh, wow. we were doing a we we're doing a piece on junior designers, and I was like, how much more junior can you get? Yeah. Uh, so I've been dealing with a lot of of kids today, or talking about a lot of kids today. It was, one, it was adorable. Yeah, you got a big one right in front of me. No, that's awesome that uh, she plays Minecraft. We haven't introduced our kids to Minecraft. We've we've tried to stay away from video games. He plays this one uh, math based video game called Prodigy, which is very much akin to Final Fantasy. It's a turn-based nice. uh, turn fighting game uh, where you solve math problems in order to execute your move. I'm not sure how that's akin to Final Fantasy, but I'll take not, your not word the, for it. Not the remake, but wasn't uh, the original Final Fantasy? Oh, it's like a turn-based yeah, RPG. Turn -based, yeah, turn-based yeah, yeah, RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, is, it, is, it, uh, is the score entirely by the band Prodigy? Uh, no, that would be amazing for him to be walking around saying, smack my you-know-what up. Um, <laughs> after playing Prodigy for a little while, he's not here. You can say the lyrics. <laughs> um, I actually did. We, we okay, and we we will get to the movie. Trust me, we will get to the movie. Uh, we pulled that days, but, so get buckle up. <laughs> but we listened. We listened to a lot of music, and I did try to play Prodigy for him. Uh, he wasn't so much into it. He does like Nine Inch Nails a lot. His favorite band right now is Daft Punk. Um, also a good, good yeah, choice. Good, good, good favorite band. Um, and I think the movie Tron is, is probably his favorite movie right now. Tron nice. Legacy. And you I, should introduce him to Baby Metal. To Baby Middle. Do you know Baby Metal? No, I don't know Baby Metal. They're a Japanese, it's literally three young women who now they're uh, older, but they have like just the heaviest metal guitarists and drummers and everything like around, like they are a metal band. Rob Zombie has gone on record and been like, and fought people on Twitter being like, these girls go harder than like I ever did. Right. Like, like it's, it's, it's quite amazing. And uh, if there are bad words, he wouldn't understand them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we will be talking about Marcel the Shell with shoes on. See, I see if I can say that five times fast later yeah. on in the episode. Uh, but we have a, an email from last week which we didn't get to because it was uh, we were we had a lot of emails. So again, thank you everyone who is writing us in uh, at onlymoviepodcast at gmail .com. I believe the running question that we have right now is where do you listen to the podcast? If you listen to the podcast, and of course you would be listening to the podcast if you were going to answer that question. So um, <laughs> I am nice. still hopeful that someone emails us from the toilet, uh, though it has not happened yet. Uh, Kellen writes in. Happy New Year, Topan fan. After finally watching Emily the Criminal last week, I caught up on your four most recent episodes and see I missed quite a lot of discussion and audience questions. So hopefully in short response fashion, here are my thoughts and answers. Ooh, Emily he's gonna the answer all the he's gonna answer all the questions from before? I, everything we've ever talked about, he covers in this email. Alright, uh, I like it. <laughs> uh, Emily the Criminal. Aubrey Plaza was excellent, no surprise there, and the overall story was great, but the actual film production didn't wow me a solid effort by a first-time writer. Uh, feature writer-director, but looked and felt fairly average to me. Um, I'm going to chime in there and just say that um, I did like the look of the film, and I think one of the things that's hard as a first-time feature filmmaker is to define what your look is going to be while also executing uh, in the in the best possible way, because execution is really hard 
as a first-time filmmaker. Execution, like, it's the reason why most short films that you'll watch from first-time filmmakers suck, is that, execu- yeah. you know, they're like, like, they might have a couple of great shots, but, like, executing and putting the whole thing together is just a, a, another step up uh, uh, beyond that. And it's a baseline yeah. that, you know, like, is very, very difficult to get. So I actually like the look. I thought it was really um, uh, well-considered. Yep, it's not, you know, dazzling like something like Ari Aster's Hereditary in the first go or, you know, other L.A. crime-based movies like uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive. Um, but, you know, I, I, I had no complaints. Um, sure. Any thoughts on the, uh, on the look of Emily the Criminal? I mean, I kind of, I, I thought it was, um, I mean, look, it didn't, um, I wasn't like, oh my God, these visuals. Like, but that doesn't, I don't think that's kind of the point. I think almost something like that might even have been a distraction. I thought that the visual language of Emily the Criminal was kind of perfect for what the story was trying to be. Mm. Uh, is a down to earth, very sort of um, dark and a bit grimy in certain spots sort of thing. Even even like the social shots. There was a, like, whenever there was a social shot of like a party or when there was more than like five people on screen, like it, it made the characters feel kind of small in different ways. And I appreciated that. Like it was, uh, it was both like far away and claustrophobic at times. So I don't know. I, I, um, I liked it thinking about it now. However, to uh, Callan's point, I didn't, as well, like truly, like gravitate or like debated or think about it much in the time I was watching it. But maybe that's not the point. I don't know. Uh, there's probably a really great uh, discussion here to be had about uh, how one shoots LA mm-hmm. um, because it's a sort of a, a famous thing, which is the the modern LA noir again, films like Drive and Heat, um, both, and then another Michael Mann collateral as well, thinking about how uh, LA is photographed. And I, I think this fits right into the the sort of world of of how LA is done. Uh, you know, with the bright sunsets of, of uh, something like Echo Park uh, and the darker um, parts of um, L.A. as well. So I, you know, I, I like and it. And the sick, the sick drone shots from yeah. Ambu L.A. Ants. <laughs> the Ambu, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another L.A. movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Going to avoid the whole effective, authentic language debate altogether. I adore this film like all of del Toro's works, and it is undoubtedly the best adaptation uh, of the four of the past y- years. Yes. Now, uh, in our conversation, we mentioned three of them. Callan uh, uh, is right to correct us is that there was a fourth. And this was a long gestating one, which I have not seen. But I recall when uh, when this director announced this film, because I was in college. Um, <laughs> it was a live action Italian film in 2019 starring Roberto Benini as Geppetto. Um, Roberto Benini, after winning uh, Best uh, Actor for Life is Beautiful in, I believe, 1998 or 97 or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, um, the project that he announced right after that was a live-action adaptation of Pinocchio, uh, which, as we can see, took him another 20 years to actually get out. Um, and I didn't see it. I believe, you know, uh, at the time, he was um, sort of well within the Merrimack system, so whether Harvey right. Weinstein... Uh, and what happened to Harvey Weinstein and Miramax had anything to do with that, but I think it was a long and complicated process, and obviously uh, the movie came out and didn't do it. Remember when Roberto Benigni was the biggest deal in Hollywood? He won Best Actor. He did. And he won did. Best Foreign Film. Uh, that was a huge thing. Anyway, uh, moving on. Avatar 2, Water Boogaloo, one of the few blessings of having a multiplex <laughs> be in the small town, upstate town in New York, is the 3D showing of Way of Water was 24 frames per second. 
we discussed this in our episode and i think this would be mm-hmm. the ideal way to watch this movie um this was the 24 frames the whole time and looked incredible i imagine changing frame rate would make the 3d look off but it was fully immersive and wondrous throughout at 24 frames per second uh, a couple more here glass onion watch it for the second time right before listening to the podcast and it's even better experience having all the spoilerific knowledge that the characters don't everything that seems at odd but pays off in act three really set up and is in plain sight in act one there's one part of act one that i can't talk about that is a spoiler uh that has kind of played on my mind a little bit and i'd be curious to revisit it um, uh, as there but i can't discuss it because it is a spoiler don't discuss it all right here we go a couple of questions uh quick fire questions from callan here as well uh where do you listen to your podcast uh callan answers often in your car but also frequently at work when i'm doing something that doesn't require me to talk to people for an hour or so checks out Uh, what physical media did you buy before seeing it i bought the four disc 25th anniversary collector's edition of blade runner featuring four different versions of the films before i had even seen one i just had a good feeling about it and the cases cover was cool as hell yeah you get into a whole conversation about which version of blade runner we've all seen Uh, (laughs) Um, when to do the top 10 episode i prefer the top 10 episode coming out in late february early march because it gives you both uh both you guys and the listeners to catch up on all the movies that come out but we haven't seen yet especially if the closest showing of tar for example was an hour and a half away and couldn't make it plus january and february are usually movie dead zones uh final question from me to you before wrapping this up do you want listeners to submit our top 10s of the year for that episode if yes uh, when would be a good deadline for getting our list to you? Would voice recordings be okay since it's an audio show or just a typed up email? Matt, you could take that one. Um, I would say uh, typed up emails are great. Uh, I would say if you want to send in audio, uh, I know this is a this is a tough thing, but it would have to literally be a quick greeting and then just reading the movies in, in quick succession and maybe talking about why the number one one was your, was your main one. Because... Uh, also in that episode, remember uh, at my uh, holiday party uh, that I do every year, I have uh, industry professionals and just general uh, wonderful human beings popping into my studio to talk about the best films that they've seen in the year. So there's like six or seven groups of them this time. So we don't want to make the episode like three and a half hours, which is why uh, I, I think uh, keeping the audio stuff short, which would be very welcome, uh, but just making sure that it was trimmed down. Or- uh, otherwise... Or, or you could type it in. No, or you get invited to the party next year so that you can do have a longer conversation. Right, right. That's gotta, yeah. That's which means yeah. you've got to befriend Matt uh, early throughout the year and don't let mm-hmm, him know mm-hmm, that you listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. Just befriend right. him sort of surreptit- surreptitiously, and then you know, like you know, um, wow him with a couple of thoughtful gifts, the occasional uh, pithy text, um, or... Um, um, Is your idea of how to become my friend basically like I'm an NPC in Stardew Valley? Yeah, Is that exactly. What you're... you're like a sim that you've got to befriend with just a few more, with like more than your average interactions. Um, and then uh, there and, is a algorithm in that code that will make it so the continuation of, of unthoughtful gifts. If you keep giving me the yellow flower, it will mean less and less each time. Exactly. So um, you've got to think about it correctly, and then eventually get yourself invited to the Matt's party, and then you can join the conversation. Or type us in a nice list, and then whatever. <laughs> I think a deadline, a good deadline for that is she here. Do you want to do it February or May or March? Um, I don't know. It's it's really like when we get through the glut. Of like the great movies that we've missed this year, like Marcel with the Shell with the Shoes is a good one. After Sun is another one. Um, uh, I know Happening was another one that we wanted to see. Um, I mean, do you just want to say like the last week of February will be when we record that episode? So like the the th- end of the third week of February, whatever that is, everybody. <laughs> uh, 
sure. Sometime around there. I, I don't know what we've deadline. done before. I'll give you a deadline right now, everybody. If you want to send us your top 10 list, I'll give it to you right now. You need to send that in to me by February 17th. Okay. You got a little, little bit of time there to catch up on some movies as well. Uh, and I, I actually do, uh, coming from me personally, I like to hear everyone's voices. Um, I do too. So, I, I just, so, it, it's, but, but just it's keep it to of, a minute. Yeah. yeah. Or I, I would go less than a minute, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep the, the fan ones really short, too. That's a, that's a beast in and of itself. Or right. the, the uh, sorry, the, the party goer ones. Um, uh, just because, I mean, unless unless we get a wave of emails that say, no, we like these long and uncut and ridiculous, like, <laughs> nonsense length things. Um, you know, and this is coming from two guys who are here to talk about Marcel the Shell with shoes on and have mm-hmm. not done so for the last... <laughs> Side note, you brought up Tar. I do... <laughs> thing about our I was at Magfest this week which we have spoken at in the past yeah uh if you remember we did a live uh getting good at video game movies panel there uh gosh maybe 2016 2017 was Lydia Tar at Magfest performing Monster Hunter so no but it was so fun so Magfest for those of you who don't know is a gaming and music festival uh it, um uh, the or, or music and gaming music festival and gaming, I should yeah. say Mag. uh that takes place in National Harbor DC and uh, it takes place in the Gaylord uh, Convention Center. And inside of this thing is basically like a little fake town inside of a giant glass atrium where the hotels are the walls of it. And like there's balconies and things. And on the morning, there is a uh, volunteer orchestra uh, that my friend Rosa is part of. Uh, she plays the viola. And uh, I went to go see it in the morning before I left. Um, and the woman who was being the conductor... <laughs> I don't think it was on purpose. Maybe it was, but she was kind of dressed like Lydia Tarr. And I was like, is she cosplaying? Like, it would be such a, it would be such a baller magfest move to cosplay as Lydia Tarr. I think it was a little bit of wishful thinking on my part, but they did, they were playing a lot of video game music. I didn't quite hear any Monster Hunter, but uh, I was just like, wow, how, how cool and meta would that be yeah. if that was the case? Yeah. Uh, so it just brought a, it was, it was a very fun happenstance in my mind. I would love this year to be the year of Lydia Tarr and the year of Lydia Tarr cosplay. Um, yeah. so, like basically uh, for Halloween this year, I want to uh, have one person on one side of the street dressed up as Mark Strong about to conduct an orchestra and one person on the other side of the street dressed up as Lydia Tarr who's about to rugby tackle him to the ground. And I think that would be that would make me happy if just if I could see that on the internet once this year, I will be very, very excited. By the way, uh Todd Field was on um uh, Josh Horowitz's podcast this week, uh, Happy, Sad, Confused. Yep. Um, and Josh and I were texting back and forth uh, about uh, Todd Field's connection to Stanley Kubrick uh, before that. So I hope that actually made it into the conversation. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, but again, Josh Horowitz is a fantastic uh, interviewer uh, who every uh, filmmaker loves to talk to. Uh, I so miss check- Josh. We should get Josh back on the show. We should get Josh back on the show. Josh was appeared on our uh, first movies episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. No, so check out uh, Todd Field. And again, let's make Lydia Tarr the the icon of 2022. I don't know. She's kind of problematic, isn't she? Yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, she is. But yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but but she's great. Anyway. Um, but who else could be the icons of 2022? Uh, none other than the star of the 2010 short film, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, um, so I have zero history with this. I okay. didn't know this was a thing until I watched this on a train to Magfest. Okay, okay. Did, uh, did you see the short? So you no. didn't see, before before I mean on the train 
did this pique your interest enough to watch? I to... watched the shorts after the fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also like how the creation of the shorts were built into this movie. Like yeah. it was just a nice little meta meta commentary or meta textual sort of world building thing. Yeah. Um. Where did where did this come from? Now, like, Gin, this is voiced by Ginny Slate and directed sure. by uh, her then partner at the time, uh, Dean Fleischer Camp, who appears in the film this uh, in this particular case. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the origin point of this was, other than to say. I would have to venture to guess that Jenny Slate, who is a fantastic performer herself and, you know, was famously on SNL for a season, uh, probably came up with the voice and then figured out how to, uh, I think her and a partner maybe figured out how to do it. I, I could be wrong about that. You know, the, it could go, go the other way. But I think that voice is so, um, so integral to the performance. Marcel feels like a character that wasn't just born from the voice, but born from the speech pattern and born from the type of things that Marcel says. Yeah. Like there's so many just like one one line punches <laughs> that are that are tangential to everything. Uh Speaks that like a child. Feel, yeah, but like also like the exact right absurd thing to say in a moment. Yeah. And that feels like a just a pure character. Uh, like I bet you maybe that was like a kid character she was doing at a certain point and they just turned it into this thing because uh, stop motion uh, shell with some shoes on and you kind of like if you have the right cameras and some silly stuff you can make sort of anything look uh, like pretty neat because you're shooting it real you know real close so everything's big yeah. uh, I don't know I this movie I mean what a what a what a fucking delight <laughs> uh, I, I don't have enough sort of good things to say about it it um the animation style was really, 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 uh, I guess, like DIY feeling, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, it fit right into the world. Um, every joke kind of, um, every world building joke had a reason mm -hmm. and, 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 and had a payoff. And I really liked that. And then there were also just throwaway lines or like silly things. But like, uh, gosh, what a, what a weird little, uh, world that these people have built, and and I and and our world, I feel, is better for it. It's such a like. There's no other word to describe this movie other than like a joy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I mean. How how did you feel? You, you obviously knew about the shorts beforehand. It sounds like I, I had seen the shorts beforehand, and um, I I thought they were delightful. I love the voice. They kind of remind me of the Ardman animations. You know the uh, the animal animations that um, the Ardman Ardman eventually. You know they eventually turned into um, Wallace and Gromit, and uh, there was, uh, a, yeah, there was yeah. a film before that, Chicken Run, that kind of thing. The sort of documentary approach to stop motion with like real voices uh, with stop motion laid above it the it was something that sort of Guillermo del Toro talked about uh, in a, a few weeks ago when we talked when we did Pinocchio which is like trying to build in the mistakes into the performance that make the inanimate object innately human um mm. and that you know and it, we I, I think it was a fascinating discussion we had because it was related to the prevalence of artificial intelligence becoming a tool for creating art right now and Guillermo del Toro and uh Hayao Miyazaki both came out really strongly when they talked about um, AI art uh, as being art with no soul. Uh, and they, they, they both kind of described it as have, being a, somewhat of an affront to an artist. Um, so the film really, this film in particular, really warmly speaks to that idea 
that human beings create art in order to better understand the world that they live in. And there's something about this being an A24 film based off of this like goofy little three minute short. Uh, well, three of these three minute shorts. It's really interesting as well as the first short, you know, garnered something like 33 million views on YouTube. The second uh, came in with 11 and the third when it came in at 4.7. So it kind of dwindled over time. Those sure. are still really big numbers, of course. Um, but I think this may, um, the, the, the idea to do a movie, I, I would venture to guess, um, probably had something to do with the fact that Jenny Slate, um, you know, came out as an indie darling with her film, Obvious Child, uh, which I did see the sort of uh, the, 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 the comedy about an abortion, um, yeah. uh, which is great. And so I think there, you know, there's something sort of slightly risky about this as a feature film, which is that. I think in the wrong hands or done with the wrong kind of approach as a feature, there's something that could be kind of twee about it or, you know, like Wes Anderson on uh, on steroids kind of thing. It's about the cutest little uh, little shell. But this is not that film at all. This is this is this sticks to the roots of what made the original film so or the original short so great, which is the confinement of space and the innovation for which Marcel has to endure in order to to navigate that space. And then really beautifully, this film does two things that I think are really delightful. One is uh, Jenny Slate and Dean Fleischkamp uh, uh, were once a, were a couple uh, and have since split up. And I think the film kind of rightly taps into that uh, as a backbone for why Marcel is alone at the beginning of this film, I think really, really beautifully. Secondly, it introduces an elderly character that Marcel uh, has to look after, or not mm -hmm. has to look after, but lives with now. Uh, his, na his oh, how do you say it in Italian? Is it Nanny? Nanny? Nanny. nanny in in Indian, you'd say Nanny. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, played by Isabella Rossellini. And that like the film we did a few weeks, the other stop motion film we did a few weeks ago, Pinocchio, um, surprisingly um, deals with death in a really beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And and again, reminds me of what Guillermo del Toro said about when he was making Pinocchio, which is that what he liked was children's films that were akin to Amblin movies, like the, the Steven Spielberg films from the uh, 80s and 90s, the movies that... Um, could be watched by children, but really required an adult to help contextualize it. And that's what this film is. It's a, it's a really beautiful film that, you know, made my son, you know, gleefully uh, laugh the whole way through. But I think I really would want him to watch it all the way through to understand the nature of death when it comes to our loved ones. And sure. um, uh, no, I, I thought it was just a beautiful film. So we've we've just described to you uh, quite a bit what Marcel the Shell with Shoes on is, but I don't think we did it as much justice as internet the Internet Movie Database here. Sure thing. Uh, they say that this film is a feature adaptation of the animated short film interviewing a mollusk named Marcel. I think I. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say we did we did a pretty good job of describing. Exactly no, I that. think that was. I think <laughs> IMDb nailed it. I think we should just that we should have wrapped it up uh, there. Uh, no, I am being facetious. Um, the, the the biggest compliment I think I can pay this movie, and I know that there were shorts, mm -hmm. and maybe it's the shorts I should give this to. But I will say this: it felt like something new. 
Mm-hmm. There are there are the Wallace and Gromit and the sort of the those animations sort of style to it. There's a couple different things, of course, stop motion, and this isn't the first thing to turn like our world and like zoom in on it and have a tiny character be in a, a, a have everything be large for them, of course. But the combination of everything from the character work to the reasoning to the dialogue to to what's happening around Marcel, like it felt like a new experience to mm-hmm. me, and. Uh, I we watch a lot of movies on this on this show and in life, and uh, I would say something feeling actively new and changed uh, for me personally is a rarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that do tiny things new, but like I very rarely my walk walk away from from a film being like that was an experience I have absolutely like never experienced any aspect of before, mm. and there was something to that here. Um, and of course, I, and I, I say that on a purely emotional uh, level, not like, yes, there's stop motion before. Yes, I've seen all the things I've described before. But like, I don't know. I walked away from this. I was like, this feels new. And that, I think, uh, especially as as we get older and our bones turn to dust, uh, I think that's going to be something that happens less and less. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a really lovely look at a bunch of human elements of our lives told in a way that children can both understand and laugh at and that has an emotional complexity that covers uh, adult relationships, uh, dealing with death, and living through uh, the wonderful absurdities uh, that we all have to as we spin around on this fucking blue marble. Like, it's it's just good. Mm. Um and and the 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 style of the animation, the mm. stop motion esque style, mm. I think does really uh, help sell this world. In fact, it, very rarely is there anything sort of really speedy or high frame rate, with the exception of Marcel's car, aka a tennis ball, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is very 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 funny, yeah. Uh, and you can't park it on an incline because <laughs> it'll roll away, and you'll have to you'll have to go back and get it. <laughs> Um, and also the other thing is Marcel describes in the movie many things he does in his life, like how he lives his life. And in the movie, it, it involves, uh, he used to have a family and then due to circumstances, the family was, uh, the family disappeared. And so it's just him and his grandmother. And the, the cool, the cool thing there is it's just him getting interviewed by this guy who lives in this, this Airbnb now, uh, with him, uh, and like how he gets along. And, and then, and then honestly, weirdly enough, I do, I did like the aspect of like, you know, the Dean playing himself basically like becomes friends with Marcel by the end. Like, I think the post credit scene or the mid credit scene, this is a spoiler, but like, it's like them hanging out, like. Yeah. Like not as subject and 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 uh, filmmaker, but just like <laughs> bros. Yeah, and uh, I so much of the the way that this makes Marcel this tiny animated shell with one eye uh, sticking out that's wearing uh, cute sneakers feel like an actual living thing 
is the the thing you brought up here the not only the sort of in the the imperfect speech patterns but also the mockumentary style lends itself and and sort of exacerbates the good things here as well because like he'll ask a question and it won't be like a direct answer like a slick sort of edited thing he'll be like oh um well, wait, why can't I say, can I say this though? And like, well, you can say whatever you want. It's like a converse, you see a lot more of the back and forth yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the conversation of sort of the producing of the between shots of what this like documentary air quotes would be. Yeah. And um, God, it just, it just plays into the DIY aesthetic so well. Yeah. Um, and then on top of all of that, it ties it back into the real world of the YouTube shorts happened. <laughs> Uh, throughout this thing, Marcel is kind of famous because he got YouTube famous. Mm. That affects the plot. They uh, even down to him and his gram have a have a have, they love and his family loved sixty minutes. Yeah, and they and they watch sixty minutes all the time. They love the ticking noise, and that becomes a plot point as well. Like it's, I I was trying. I after I finished it, I actually sat. I had thirty more minutes in the train, and I was just sort of thinking about it, and I was like. Is there anything I didn't like about this movie? Mm-hmm. I and I I don't have it. Like yeah. I don't I do not, I I legitimately do not have a criticism, mm-hmm. and that worries me. <laughs> but like, I, this movie does exactly what it sets out to do, and it is so highly effective. I I I am. I, to the point where I felt bad that I hadn't even heard of this before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so if I guess you know, continuing on here, if you have slept on this or you have never heard of this uh, film, holy shit! Like, and anyone can enjoy. Like, this is this is an evergreen. We're talking about. Oh man, last uh, who who sent the question about the mums yet last week? Like oh, yeah, uh, movie, the mum yeah, no, movies, and and, and uh, that person actually mentioned that the next yeah. movie that they would watch with their mum was this. Yeah, so and that's I think what, I'm what a, like what a mum movie this is. Oh, a thousand, <laughs> yeah. a thousand percent. A um, uh, couple of things here. I, I was, uh, I guess, I was a little struck by the fact that they had identified Marcel as a boy, because uh, I had always thought of her as a girl uh, or, or the voice as a girl. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no reason why it couldn't be a boy. I guess uh, just it, it was just a, sort of a, a thing in my head because I knew Jenny Slate was voicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that I think is amazing in, in in what you're describing isn't just that the conversations have a sort of um, uh, syntactical quality where it's where it feels uh written by a human and and with all the sort of mistakes and breathing and considerations that we do it's also kind of like profoundly well written in terms of marcel's observations uh because of marcel's perspective and because uh he is being uh documented by by an external observer uh he offers us really interesting beautiful observations like the one i mentioned before which is like you know why do you know why i smile because it's worth it um and i think one of the most really beautiful ones here is 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 that is a sense we get right away from watching it which is undoubtedly an experience they must have had when they made this film uh or when they made the short uh was that is something marcel says when he is trying to get people to help him find his family and he's realizing that, you know, his, the, the short film about him is blown up on the Internet and there's 33 million people that have watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marcel says there's no there's nothing really here. And he says this really beautiful thought, which is this is not uh, a community. It's an audience. 
Yeah. And and I and I think that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. really beautiful idea that this film has about its relationship to its audience. And I think the film itself um, works to kind of make something bigger than that. On top of that, there's this idea, you know, like it's always challenging when you're taking something small like a short film, you know, like we've, we've talked about this when we did the Bob's Burgers episode or if we've referred to the Simpsons movie, you know, like the, the challenge of taking something that is confined by 30 minutes and then expanding it into a movie. Mm-hmm. What does that mean and how do you do that? Or, you know, do you can keep it confined because that is what we like about it, uh, as in Bob's Burgers? Or do you expand the world to something bigger like the Simpsons did, you know, like like a lot of these movies do, which is make it a road trip or expand the world beyond and showing, right. you know, break the confines of what the the smaller format offered. And I think this kind of like, nudges up against the boundaries in really beautiful ways, which is like, for example, the, the road trip that Marcel takes, uh, which yeah. he's continually throwing up on the map. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's just a little thing. Uh, but, you know, like is confronted, you know, they drive up to this lookout and look at the whole city. And Marcel is like, is that the world? Or is that, you know, is that it? And, and you know, Dean kind of says, well, this is one part of a big city and there are lots of other big cities as well. And suddenly Marcel, like without articulating it, feels really small in the scape of in the scope of everything that's around him. Because before that, he he was like, oh, well, we know the color of the car. All we got to do is drive find around and find that car. car. Exactly. And it's like and Dean's like, I don't know if that's going to work. He's like, yeah. it's going to work. Like mm. what? What's like because he can't possibly fathom it. But that's uh, like a child. Yeah. That, that, that is exactly what a child, you know, because for a child, uh, you know, like in a in a loving family, they are the center of the universe, you know, because they, they, they you know, your parents' whims kind of revolve around you. And then the second that child goes to daycare or something for the first time or goes somewhere out of context uh, outside of their parents, it's like, oh, the world is bigger than I am. Right. And, and I have to like... And I have to realize that, you know, like I, I, I think in the Freudian terms, that's the superego or something like that, or the, sure, um, you know, like it's just, and and I think the movie really, again, just nudges those boundaries really beautifully. And again, the the, the other thing is the addition of Isabella Rossellini's character, um, whose like slow demise, we kind of painful as an audience. We are painfully aware of what is going on. Even as an adult Mar- audience, we're as an adult aware audience, of what's going on. even though Marcel is not. Um, you know, we we notice that she is grayer than she used to be. We notice that she is um, not as cognizant as she once was. Mm-hmm. We notice that she's tired, but she does this beautiful thing, which I think is like there's a line when Marcel kind of eulogizes, uh, you know, her, her character, and says she was everything you wanted a grandmother to be. And and the way in which um, her character says, I really want you to do this, you know, because Marcel doesn't want to do the 60 Minutes interview. Cause, right. Yeah. But she she kind of says, I really want you to do it. And, and she does it because she's like, I want you to experience the world that's bigger, than, you know, that, a world that's bigger than you. And, and I think you'll be good at it. And it's like. That is the kind of grandmother that every grandmother should aspire to be. Yeah. You know, like it's this. And I, and I think I think. I mean, you know, not every case is like that, but, you know, like grandmothers that love their grandchildren do see the do see the idea that they those children have not just more opportunity, but like are about to walk into a bigger world than they are and want them to thrive. Yeah. And there's also 
and again, I'm not a parent or a grandparent. I'm just uh, pontificating here. Uh, but I would say that there's also let's 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 use for the example like a loving family. Everyone's taking care of the child, loves the child. Everything's going the way that uh, you know uh, for a healthy adult to grow up in, right? Mm-hmm. The the parent has a specific viewpoint. That is very different from the grandparent. Well, not course, only yeah. like, not only like, um, you know, what the 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 what they have or, or or any of those things, but like the grandparents knows their time in the grand scheme of things is far more finite, mm. and might might push the 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 child in different directions than the parent would because they have a different outlook on life and how it's going to be spent. And um, that's very sort of present here, even though uh, Marcel's parents don't really have much much screen time. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really sort of nice thing to see because, and you and you kind of get the sense that uh, Marcel's uh, Marcel's grandma uh, like lived a full life. Connie, I believe, yeah. is is the character's name, and um, and. And Connie is like happy with where she is because she got to experience a lot, and she wants Marcel to experience a lot. Uh, and, and Marcel is only worried about taking care of her, and she doesn't want to be the thing that tethers Marcel hmm. to a uh, small life. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it. Uh, it's amazing to me that simple. No, I won't even say simple. Just that animation can deliver this level of emotional fidelity. And I, I know that's I'm I'm not saying anything like new, but like if you look at what this movie, like the physical objects, whether or not they're digital or not, but are based on or made of, it is a shell, some putty, a googly eye, <laughs> uh, some little tiny sneakers, and then a bunch of like items in a house and garbage. And it's like, and it's like, how they are able with clever writing and phenomenal performances and really good camera work and animation skill to turn that into a thing that is more emotionally resonant than 90% of films that I have seen is is nothing short of magic. Yeah, uh, it, you're right. It is magic. And it's 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 magic because it's it does the thing that I think Guillermo del Toro and Hayao Miyazaki are kind of uh, concerned about when they look at AI art um, is that it is based upon a profound understanding of how the human brain works and how, you know, as human beings, we're kind of predisposed to connect uh, images together to tell stories that are bigger than what those two images on their own would tell individually. And, you know, what I thought about when I thought about the way in which the film uh, navigates Connie's death which is really beautiful, by the way. Yeah, it's so yeah. beautifully done. Um, is I was thinking about Taika Waititi's film, um, Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. and the way in which that film navigates death. I don't want to spoil too much there. But the film has really primed us to, to be devastated when death happens, but also to have kind of known that it was coming all along mm-hmm. because of uh, uh, the sort of key placement of a few very, very specific images. And... In this film, they do a similar thing with the bee. Mm-hmm. 
which you kind of think is a joke to begin with. This bee that is like right. almost died outside, but then kind of like lives a life. And Marcel is kind of like, I'm not so sure about the bee, but Connie is kind of like, look, the bee is Connie really- can talk to bugs. Yeah, Connie can talk to bugs. And she kind of knows that the bee is really important. And we, of course, know that bees are essential to human life and what have you. But the bee is hilarious in the way it's introduced. And like, there's a profound moment of sadness that Marcel has, but the bee like disrupts that moment by knocking against the window as it always does. But in this um, sequence, uh, as Connie is led towards, you know, her eventual death, you know, she's led there by the bee. And it is that thing, which is that Connie can talk to bees and the bee has a more profound sense of what life and death means. And that shot, that single shot of Connie walking into the sort of beautiful sun-kissed um, uh, afternoon sun and then just kind of fading away is like a perfect encapsulation of a life well-lived and a mm-hmm. death kind of, not earned, but a death that kind of is going to happen. And while we can be sad about it, also we can accept that this is the nature of, of life as we understand it. Um, and, and I think, you know, so, so to your point is like, how do they do that? Is, is that to me, it comes from, um, maybe this is, maybe it's tweet to sort of say it this way. It comes from honesty. It comes from like a real sort of like honest, like, and honesty means like, how can I be truthful to my experience as well as to what I believe the audience's experience are? And how can I take the audience on a journey that that they will understand to be truthful to me. Sure. And and I think that's a that's a that's what makes um both this work. That's what makes a line like this is a community this is not a community, it's an audience. Um, you know, that 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 is like a real for a for a person that achieved uh, a kind of uh internet celebrity based on this film, um, this is the beautiful reflection on that. And then again, for the film well, to kind of also reflect upon their relationship, Jenny Slayton and Dean Fleischkamp's relationship, mm-hmm. uh, it, with the same sort of thing, you know, the, the idea that the shells hide when they're having an argument, like that's a beautifully honest thing to say, which is that when we're arguing, we don't make this thing anymore. You know, it hides from us. Sure. And, and, and then, you know, like it, it can flourish when we're, you know, uh, when we move on. Well, jumping jumping back to your point about the sort of the 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 call out of I guess sort of YouTube culture or or social media culture. I mean, I would be lying if I said that that those lines and that sort of thing did not hit me on a on a personal yeah. level based on what I do for a living. Yeah, uh, there are and and don't get me wrong, uh, there are uh, many 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 people I consider part of like the extra credits community. Um, many of whom see us at panels and interact with us in the Discord and like do all that stuff and and whatnot. But like you do, if you go if you go diving into uh, <laughs> the comments looking for a specific thing or or uh, um, like uh, that, it's not what that is. Yeah. Like every once in a while, you'll find uh, you know really salient points or, or things of beauty or things like that. But it does there is if if you go in looking for something like Marcel does. In, in that sort of social space, and I'm I'm familiar enough with YouTube, you will see emptiness. Even if even if there is uh, actual community somewhere in there, yeah. like it's it's when you go in with that certain purpose, yeah, that you do really feel that. And so when that happened, and and those lines were said, and they were dealing with that stuff, I was like, 
again, it was just another moment of like a, a, a really um, true to my own experiences sort of gut punch that uh, this movie handles with more aplomb and, and, and grace than most everything else. Like I look at like, what was that movie? And I'm not poo-pooing on it, but that Andrew Garfield movie that, oh, oh you, you weren't did. on that I, one. I didn't see that one, yeah. Uh, uh, it was uh, about so, so, uh, one of the Coppola's directed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and that wasn't bad, but it was also very like, <laughs> this is what social media is, and you're like, ah, kind of, but like, no, this movie about uh, 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 stop motion shell kind of nailed the feeling of of what being on social media and on YouTube can feel like. Sometimes. I, I I was glad the movie didn't go to like the darker parts of the internet, you know, like the parts that like, sure. you know, like where someone would say what is this stupid shell or something yeah, like that? You yeah, know, everyone can... was super positive about it. Like, yeah, yeah like it, but, but it's funny, you know, positive or negative. It, the thing, because what Marcel is seeing is like people being like, oh my God, so cute. And he's like, okay, thanks. Like, uh, yeah. that's not what I needed. Um, okay. And then like, oh man, I love Marcel. Peace and love from <laughs> Copenhagen. He's like, peace and love. Like what? <laughs> like that's, I, I'm looking for my family. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, cause he's seeing it as a tool, not as a, uh, yeah. a thing. Uh, I don't know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's if, real If I was to good. take it outside of the movie for a second, um, one thing is, um, I, I know Extra Credits has got a, a big audience. Uh, I've had a few videos go viral where we've had like, you know, 30 million views and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really interesting to dive into the comment section because it's like, there's a clear line of where the negativity is and there's a clear line of where the positivity is. And there's very little in the middle of that. <laughs> like, like there's very little like nuanced conversation in the middle of it. It's very much, oh, I love this or... I fucking hate this. You know, like it's it's just sort of those two things. Or people want to, in our case, it's people wanting to share uh, many times really great points that we either didn't have time for, that we missed, or well, like like th- people th- adding to it. That's that's. A, I was actually going to make this point, and again, I I actually always feel really good about this. Is that people like Kellen who emailed us in, people like Jacob, Jonathan Blade, uh, Tursman, you know, like I, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting names, but like people who do email us in, we have our regulars who email us in. I really do feel connected to those people oh like, yeah you, you know, a thousand because, percent because, because i feel the, like not that the, I, it's weird to say that they're on the a, journey but it's like oh these are people who've kind of like listened and they have their own stories as well which are really interesting yeah like like you know people chime in you know i remember when jacob uh uh performed a song for us about hamilton mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was one of the most amazing things i'd ever seen and it was like it was like, oh man, this person has like their own story and they're aware. Jonathan Blade is someone I follow on TikTok and Twitter and like is creating content there. And I was like, oh man, this dude is like really great at like creating content and like makes all this stuff that's really interesting. The, um, so it's it, like we I, actually have yeah. for the 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 small breath that our podcast has, I would <laughs> say that we do actively have a community. And that's something that is interesting because yeah. when when you're small like this. That community can really, really shine. Yeah. And that's something that I really, really enjoy about uh, this podcast in general. Yeah. Um, it gets harder as it gets bigger because yeah. it's harder to, to parse. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody listens to us. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, so keep 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 keeping us a secret, everybody. Um, no, it is doable. Yeah. But, like, EC has a wonderful uh, social uh, media manager, Kat. She she handles she, – she's the one that uh, 
uh, does a lot of the interaction and lets us know and 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 keeps us sort of moving because we have so much else to do because we've gotten that big. You know, like yeah. there's, and 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 part of me does even on the EC side feel like I'm like oh man I'm not like active enough in that side of things but but I do also know myself mm. and much like Marcel uh you know even if like 90% of the comments are positive right yeah. like you get the one the mm. one negative one and you're just like a negative it, comment is like 10 times more powerful than a, than like 20 positive comments that are the same thing and I know myself yeah and I won't be able to do my job right like so I don't do it. Like yeah. I, 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 I I dabble into those spaces when I know that I have like a day off <laughs> like yeah. coming up next. Anyway, uh enough about my shit. Uh just just uh or, or our collective shit, Topam fam. Uh this movie is a masterclass in emotional resonance, uh what community can be, the cycle of life and death, relationships affecting those around you. And finding the best possible ball of lint to be your dog. <laughs> like it's it's it it I if if someone I, email us in and I will not mock you. Onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you didn't like Marcel the Shell with shoes on. <laughs> I, I would be surprised to find anyone that actively disliked. I think I could find people that would be like, this isn't for me. But I would sure. be I would be surprised. But you know, again, could be a hundred percent wrong on that. Um, my question to you is: Are you a fan of Lilo and Stitch? Um, I've seen it yeah. and I liked it. I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan of it. I've seen it like twice in my life. Well, because that is what Dean Fleischer Camp is moving on to is direct a live action adaptation of Lilo and Stitch after this. That's probably a good move. <laughs> so I'm very curious how that pans out. But that is that is probably quite a huge leap from, you know, directing the stop motion of this of this tiny thing into directing a live action Disney movie uh based on a very, very large property that they own. Uh I I'm I'm very uh, confident because of this film, but I'm just saying that is quite a quite it's a, a different beast. Yeah, I wish him all the best and to avoid all the pitfalls. I mean, look the 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 live action Disney movies have been adequate. <laughs> um, they've not managed. I don't think a one has managed to outshine its animated predecessor in any way, shape, or form. I think the closest one that I saw, at least from an interesting level, and I don't think it's better than the original, would be. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Um, but but uh, the rest of them have been, to be honest, so just borderline <laughs> mid, as the kids are saying these days. Right. Um, I actually I don't believe I've seen any of them all the way through. I recall. No, actually, maybe I've seen the Jungle Book, and I thought it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cool. Yeah, that, yeah cool. There's John uh, Favreau, I believe, and I'm not saying that they're bad. They're just <laughs> average like they feel like a thing that like okay that exists yeah to keep the ip like it just it feels it feels real like well <laughs> it's time to do this now yeah i'm super curious about the little mermaid movie because especially uh, well and, and then i'm also it's funny uh doubly curious after seeing avatar the way of water because i'm like <laughs> oh look at this look yeah. how cool this looks your move disney <laughs> Like, <laughs> underwater time. Let's see how Rob Marshall handles that. And the, the other person I was thinking of that actually did make that sort of giant leap uh, was Colin Trevorrow from uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. 
uh, all the way to Jurassic World. Um, so, you know, it's certainly doable. Um, whatever you think the results of Jurassic World were. I still uh, don't mind the first Jurassic World. I know there are dumb moments in it, <laughs> and it's not as good as Jurassic Park, but it was never going to be. <laughs> the rest of them get progressively worse. <laughs> right. I'm, I actually have not kept up with that franchise at all. Shahir, uh, one day when you just want to... Like eat something real unhealthy. Yeah. And then Which watch every day for me. And yeah. then watch and then watch the second and third Jurassic World films. Really? Because you I, I feel like if you're in the right mindset, you will you won't like you won't like these movies. Don't yeah. don't think that. But like you'll enjoy being like, what the actual <laughs> fuck is Isn't happening? One of them take place inside a mansion. It sure does, Shahir. <laughs> I'm very curious about that one because I'm like, is it Home Alone with dinosaurs? It's not. <laughs> uh, it's all dumb. <laughs> I'm uh, very, I, I am very curious about that, that one in particular. I think that's the second one, right? Yes. Um, but man, what a franchise that has like spawned diminishing, like progressively diminishing returns, and is basically being held up. Like even the Terminator franchise has two good movies in it and one possible movie, right? Like Jurassic okay. Park has one great movie and then... Well, I, I will <laughs> say this. I like Lost World. I think Lost World isn't bad. I think it's pretty I think it's pretty good for going back to the well. Yeah. It's uh, got, I remember it's got, a, you know, again, it's Spielberg. Uh, it has one really terrific sequence in it. Yep. Um, one, you know, and you're we talking know. about when Jeff Goldblum's daughter uh, uses gymnastics to fight the Velociraptor, right? Then it has Jeff Goldblum's daughter fighting Velociraptors with gymnastics. I actually, Jim re I rewatched re it in New Zealand with my niece uh, not so long ago, and I remember that. I think she enjoyed that because it's she's not all, as it's not as cringe as I remember it when oh, I first it's saw. It's pretty cringe. I like, but it. she liked it because you know, little girl did uh, little girl did gymnastics and kicked a dinosaur in the face. I am. I look. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. All right. Uh, well, you should uh, ask me some questions so we could uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, oh, well, well, I mean, oh, wow, <laughs> going right into the end. Okay, this has been the only podcast about the film Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Shahir, when you are not climbing into your own personal luxury tennis ball to drive all around your apartment, where can folks find you? You can find me miniaturizing myself like a certain man based after an ant would at my website, www.shahirdaud.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you take the science too far and end up in Quantumania, where can people find you? You can find me being less excited for that movie than I feel like uh, I, I really should be. Maybe, I don't know, over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O.com, My Life and Works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or in PSN. And, of course, Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Next week, there'll be oh. a movie. We're going to talk about it. Well, you are traveling, so we need to find something that you can either watch as soon as you get off a plane, uh, or we need to find something, again, that is streaming. I'm hoping for After Sun uh, to be released on rentals. It's currently as a buy only, so it's 20 bucks to buy it. No. Uh, which I, I hear it is amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of great movies out right now. This I get... I will say this, uh, right now the award season and everything about the year is kind of shaping up to be, it's two, it's really being held by two movies right now, in my opinion, uh, in terms of the cultural zeitgeist, and that is Tar and mm -hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think those yeah. are the two movies. And, 
let us not forget Night of the Coconut, which was number six <laughs> on the letterboxed um... on the letterboxed uh, <laughs> debut debut uh, what was it debut directors or something? Along yeah, those yeah, lines. I saw that. Um... Uh, shout out to Patrick Williams, baby. Uh, <laughs> Didn't yeah, he, that... he gun for that by doing like a special? Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like that's great. I, 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 I that's the one letterboxed review I've done. Right. I do have a litter box. Like, I got my litter box urine review, and I didn't log anything this year. I'm So I'm, despite loving the service, it's just not one that I log into on a daily basis. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I, it feels like it's everything, everywhere, all at once, and Tar are the two movies right now that are kind of like leading leading the sort of roundup of the year. But, um, you know, again, there's a lot to see. RRR. RRR, After Sun. Megan is kind of the early contender for 23 at this point, directed by Gerard Johns- Johnson, a New Zealander. I'm uh, psyched for, uh, I'm psyched for, uh, uh, um, I was about Mithrigan? to say R-R-R again. Yeah, 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 Mithrigan. <laughs> Mithrigan. Um, I'm also, it's funny, I doubt we'll do it on the podcast. Right. But I still really want to see the menu. I, I actually saw the menu over the weekend. Nice. Don't uh, say a goddamn <laughs> thing. I uh, Don't say a goddamn thing. We're ending the podcast. <laughs> don't say a goddamn thing. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week when you can uh, have your emails read if you send them in to us, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you think about Marcel, the show, which she was on. Um, and, or anything. Literally anything. How, how are you? Just write us in. Yeah, just talk How to are us. you? We're Tell really desperate for some attention here. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know what really fosters community? Desperation. Desperation. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.